It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of This Week in Fantasy. We get back to it. Sigma and I finally together again, so let's dive into it as always. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome in my guy, the man, the myth, the legend. You can follow his work over at footballguys.com and, of course, on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. My friend. Yeah. Mr. Sigmund Bloom. What's up, buddy? It's always a pleasure. And first, I want to say uh, thanks to your audience, which I'm sure is a very fine cultured audience for uh, tolerating our sporadic schedule, but happens makes the heart grow fonder. Um, and this is the part of the fantasy schedule. We talked about this on my show on the couch this week. We're starting to lose our gas. Oof. Sometimes, and this is where fantasy football really rewards perseverance. It rewards care about, want to, and everybody feels like they're hanging on for dear life. I'm getting calls in the radio spots that I'm doing. People saying, I have to rub two sticks together at this position or that position. So everybody feels that way, and it's troopering on through that that leads to the championship. Yeah, it's a great point. As Sigmund always says, you got to dig deep. Yeah. And uh, luckily, though, a touch of good news from that perspective this is the last week with buys. So once we get past this week, you start to get those full lineups in a little bit more. Maybe it's a little bit easier for some people, but I'm with you, man. This is gut check time, and this is when uh, you just got to get in the dance. You mm-hmm. just got to get in the dance and anything can happen. All right. Uh, for those who don't know, um, we dive through every game on the slate and then later have a little fun going inside Sigmund's, uh, Sigmund's mind. But um, the the buys this week, as I mentioned, four teams, some some biggies some legitimate fantasy valuable assets on these teams the chiefs the vikings the cardinals and the chargers so sigmund we will definitely have to dig deep this week as we go through the slate let's start with the thursday night a really solid one certainly an important one from an nfl perspective maybe not quite as much fantasy relevance but the colts heading in to take on the texans what do you think about this one yeah, this is a game that we may see replayed in the first week of the playoffs. Um, on the Houston side, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, uh, the classic Saturday mm-hmm. to start a Saturday game, the 4 o'clock Saturday game. The Texans have been featured in many a time, Sigmund. Yes, and it, I mean, the, Deshaun Watson's on the way down. You still got to play Deshaun Watson. Don't get cute. 
I mean, maybe Josh Allen or someone like that over him. But otherwise, you're still going to keep playing Deshaun Watson, but with a little bit of pause because of what happened last week. We'll see if Will Fuller's back. You're not playing him yet, but that would be good for Watson. Uh, you're not really looking at any other options in this offense other than DeAndre Hopkins. It's just not clicking right now. Uh, and Indianapolis defense is playing very well. On the Indianapolis side, we'll see if T.Y. Hilton gets back. I don't think we'll see him, but there's a chance. And his history against the Texans, uh, you risk a zero if he aggravates the calf injury, but also he's had some magnificent days against them. Likewise, you're not really playing anybody else from this passing game. Uh, even Ebron and Doyle. Doyle is a zero. Ebron's Ebron. You know, Zach Pascal. Yeah, you see Devin Funches and Paris Campbell getting healthier, uh, but probably not a big factor, even though this is a good matchup. I think the Colts are fine grinding out wins with their defense and their timely plays from Jacoby Brissett and their running game. Although in, in the background, James, you got to remember, we haven't seen Hilton, Funches, and uh, Campbell together yet with this offense. Yeah, so if we point. do see this team in January, it could be a very different offense than what we've seen during the year. The backfield is a mess without Marlon Mack because Jordan Wilkins is trending towards playing. He is kind of the incumbent backup. Jonathan Williams looked terrific last week. He's going to get some work. And then there's Naeem Hines, who's my favorite player of the three. But he, he's looking at those Duke Johnson kind of touches, six, seven, eight touches, a chance for a touchdown, a chance for an explosive play. But these, the, this is going to be a spread it around offense. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a playoff intensity game, and uh, you know it's, it should be a chance. To, I think Indianapolis. Have we even seen them in prime time yet this year? So a chance to get familiar with Jacoby Brissett and what this team has been doing. All right, Sigma. Let's move to the Sunday slate. We start with a doozy from a fantasy perspective. Uh, one of the highest, if not the highest, over unders on the slate. The Tampa Bay Bucks heading in to take on the resurgent Atlanta Falcons. A lot of fantasy goodness in this one, potentially. Sigmund. Potentially. Uh, on the Tampa side, you know, Winston keeps a high floor depending on how many points you get taken away for interceptions and fumbles. Um, although Atlanta's defense, just get out the way, Dan Quinn, and let your coaches <laughs> coach, right? So, yeah. I mean, Atlanta's defense, if you're looking for a defense from the waiver wire, they become interesting here. You're still going to play Evans and Godwin. Otherwise, you know, the backfield's a mess. Again, as we thought, Ronald Jones was at least becoming a big part of the passing game. That evaporated. O.J. Howard benched, but I don't know if you can count on that enough to play Cameron Brait. I like why. My favorite thing to do this time of year, I'm a football nerd, James. I love it when the younger <laughs> players, it's like evaluation time for some of these teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. Scotty Miller, uh, the uh, Bruce Arians' new John Brown. On the Atlanta side, you know, another backfield in free fall. It's Brian Hill likely starting. He did have a touchdown called back by penalty, another one vultured by Quadri Olison. So you know, there's some flex or emergency running back to potential there. Julio Jones has a foot-toe thing we got to watch. It's Julio, so as long as he's active, you play him. Calvin Ridley's red hot against this secondary. He's going to be great. Matt Ryan should be fine. He's playing within himself. The whole team just settled down. I mean, even if you had to just throw a dart at Russell Gage, who had a touchdown overturned, or even Jaden Graham in for Austin Hooper, because we've learned just about everything is working against Tampa, and you know they don't have that ace up their sleeve of having the coach say, I'm going to step back from the defense they don't have any reveal for us so this isn't a game that's very interesting for nfl terms but like you said for fantasy terms it could be very important all right sigmund uh interesting one uh again this is a game that i think is unexciting but there's some interesting fantasy players you mentioned john brown coming off a monster week last week he's been great all season as someone who owns john brown i'll tell you very happy with that uh with that draft pick um the buffalo bills hosting the broncos coming off a, a Tough beat last week, losing that game to the Vikings. 
What do you think about this one? Yeah, but the Bills are just in that situation where they just need to make layups and they'll go to the playoffs. I don't know if this is truly a layup because the Broncos have lost four games with fourth quarter leads. Uh, but you're still going to play John Brown, even if you get some Chris Harris. You know, Stephon Diggs, and uh, they got through that secondary miscommunication. There could be those kind of breakdowns for the Denver defense. So, And I love John Brown. I love Smoke. He's one of my favorites. Love John Brown. He is one of the best wide Can we just take a moment to say he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? He's one of the he certainly best. has been this. He's been great. He, He's a great player. Him, he gets open and he always catches the ball. I don't know what more you want. Yeah. He's super fast. He's a great route runner. He's very crafty after the catch. He can win the ball in the air. I love John Brown. Pittsburgh State Gorillas, I think. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Pittsburgh State. I didn't think it was a real school when I first heard right? that. And I was like, oh, wait, it actually is. And uh, so you're sticking with him and Devin Singletary, you're least sticking with as a flex play, even though Josh Allen and Frank Gore getting the goal to go love in that running game. Maybe a little bit of Cole Beasley here. As you know, there are some players to pick on other than Chris Harris in that secondary on the Denver side. It's going to be a Philip Lindsay day. They're starting to give him a larger share of the work in the backfield. Buffalo's run defense is the Achilles heel of this defense right now. And hey, Brandon Allen will take his shots downfield. So Cortland Sutton, who can also throw downfield, uh, Cortland Sutton looks fantastic. Tim Patrick's giving the the offense a little more punch. Noah Fant is now in our low tight end one considerations. He had at least one or two touchdowns he could have had last week in that crushing loss to Minnesota. So I think you know from the Denver side, what we're looking at here. Atlanta, we were just talking about maybe saving Dan Quinn's job. Can the Broncos save Vic Fangio's job? Could he be one and done? This is the kind of win they need to try to scrap out. And again, Buffalo, you know, always it's always fun to see the Bills fans have something to be happy about. If they win this one, they'll be a step closer to the playoffs. Look at that. Back-to-back answers you've given where you've mentioned someone in the next game we're going to talk about. Vic yep. Fangio course formerly with the bears the bears hosting the giants giants yeah. one of the worst secondaries in football but a quarterback who can't take advantage of it maybe in the giants some weapons but a tough defense what do you make of this? yeah so the it's the bears defense pride even uh you know they can be run on saquon barkley should get right in this game with no akeem hicks but can they force daniel jones into mistakes because watching daniel jones you have to have some admiration for the kid i say kid is yeah a, he's tougher than he's i expected tough. He, and you saw it at Duke, too. He will stare down the barrel. I mean, he will make a throw knowing he's going to get lit up to make that throw, and the Bears will be all too happy to light him up in this game. Uh, you know, But he's been riffing with Darius Slayton. He's been riffing with Golden Tate. I don't think we're going to see Evan Ingram. We might see Sterling Shepard. As of this recording, he's in concussion protocol, but practicing. So you know they're going to take it slow there. And again, Barkley uh, should be rested a little more verve there coming off the bye. Uh, so what we're looking at here, too, is you're not necessarily playing Daniel Jones this week, but the Giants' schedule, for those of you that haven't settled on your fantasy quarterback and you're headed towards the playoffs, they get Green Bay, Philadelphia, sorry, Miami. Oh, no, it's and fair. Washington. Better the last few weeks, though. Yeah, it's but coming it's around. Fair. It's coming around. It's coming around. So coming this, around. So this is a little tune-up there on that side. On the Chicago side, are we going to see Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, good point. Is I mean, that what, hip thing or whatever? Practicing. Um, so, you know, you'd be more excited about Tariq Cohen, about Allen Robinson. If they were going to chase Daniel, it doesn't sound like they are now. What a, what a, what a sad sentence. It is sad. Because guess what? Guess yeah. what, Sigmund? Yeah. Chase Daniel, also bad. But the well, sentence look. is true. The yeah. sentence is true. I agree with it. It's just we Chase Daniel was here. We saw yeah. him. He's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I may be telling a little too much about my life experiences when I say this. What else? What else is news? It's a toxic relationship, right? The the Matt Nagy yeah. 
Mitchell Trubisky. It's a toxic oh, relationship. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like last week, you were we were we all went out. We were kind of you know at the beginning of the night hoping to have a fun night. By the end of the night, they were drunk, screaming at each other. One of them went home without the other one, and then you go out and see them the next weekend. And they're acting like nothing happened. What? When are we going to address this? Yeah, I'm with you, Sigmund. I'm with you. All right, moving on. Uh, your squad. Um, we're on a bit of a roll then yeah. uh, kind of stumbled last week and of course part of uh, a melee I suppose yeah. uh, Miles Garrett <laughs> yeah what a what a thing to see Sigmund your Steelers coming off that heading into Cincinnati you would figure a get right game against the unbelievably still winless Bengals um, not a ton of fantasy excitement I would think in this one but what do you think is it okay if I say I was hoping Mason Rudolph was going to get suspended <laughs> yeah, oh. look, for what it's worth, just as an outside observer who's seen a fair amount of Pittsburgh Steelers this season, I was more impressed by Duck yeah. than I was. I, I just was. Like, yeah. at least he could move around and do some things. Like, Mason Rudolph is no not good, Sigmund. No, he's not. Uh, and he's not going to have many players to throw to, even though Cincinnati, their defense is like, rolling over and saying scratch our bellies uh but but, i mean james washington (laughs) i don't think we're gonna see james connor jalen samuel i was good with the bengals too there's a little double yeah that's good work that's good good. wouldn't we all like to have like a miniature bengal tiger as a pet (laughs) or that was my mom actually that'd be great uh so anyway so the steeler advanced mcdonald i don't know because at cincinnati you're tempted not mason rudolph you're tempted to play Somebody from this offense. I guess those are the guys you're looking at. Washington, Samuels in a PPR league, Vance McDonald and Cincinnati side. You still play Joe Mixon. Poor Joe Mixon. I mean, he's playing his heart out for it. Uh, it's fine. I, uh, poor Joe Mixon is not a sentence I wear. I understand. Too. I'm doing that within the context. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Within the, 26, meant. the 2019 season. You're right. I knew what you meant. You're right. I knew you're you right. Meant. Oh, if the veil could just be pulled back. Did you see Antonio <laughs> Brown while we're on the subject? See Antonio Brown actually apologized. This yeah, I saw someone. I think it was uh, Will Brinson yeah. uh, quote tweeted and said, you know, uh, this would have whoever wrote this for AB did a perfect job, except they left the semicolon. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, so it's a great point. There's no way AB is using a semicolon correctly in one of his tweets. No, and uh, Ryan Finley, I forget who it was from Bengals Twitter or football Twitter, said it looked like he was throwing paper airplanes against <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> so play the Steelers that is not defense. Not what you want to hear. Yeah, your best play here is the Steelers defense. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's the best play in this game. So that's basically where we we're not going to see AJ Green. I don't think we're going to see AJ Green. This is just a sad game. We're never going to see AJ. It's it's I've, I'm 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 done with AJ. I mean, look, Green. even Miami looks I'm at I'm done with you, AJ. I'm done so, with you. So Miami looks at Cincinnati and says, "Wow, that team, they're in trouble." And in Miami also looks at the Steelers skill position players so he can says, "That's not a very talented offense." Did you say that knowing that Miami yes, and Cleveland was? A, I did. Okay. I did. Good work. I mean, I did, I did because I knew it would be next because that's just how we roll. That's amazing because that's the game we're talking about next. Miami and Cleveland, Sigmund. Well, I mean, and we, we have to keep this. We have to spice it up somehow with these matchups. I mean, we're getting to that part of the year. Uh, I think we might have talked about this earlier in the year, James, that looking at how all these teams were going, we were going to see some matchups by the time we get to November, December. Like, well, at least there is some good games to watch that we don't have to pause. These all matter for fantasy football. On the Miami side, 
We will see some more Caitlin Balaj. I'm interested in Patrick Laird, their best running back in the preseason. This is going to be about a preseason level quality of a game. So <laughs> it would make sense that a preseason star would stand out. Watch for him in PPR leagues. Devontae Parker looks great. He's staying healthy. He's making plays. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to keep swinging. I'll keep referring to my major league metaphor here. You know, you remember major league, like the team that everyone's supposed to lose. It's my favorite sports movie. It's a good one. And, you know, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He could have. He could have been the he could have been the, the whole lead, right? fucking thing or whatever. Right, right. Like if you yeah. if this was a football version, wouldn't he be the quarterback of that team? Wouldn't he oh, be the quarterback yeah. that I mean that the team that says we have He's to lose? He's the Jake Taylor. He's yeah. the Jake Taylor of uh, for sure. So you know he'll keep for fantasy. We like that because he'll keep their uh, you know even if you have to go with Mike Kosicki or something like that. On the Cleveland side, this is the week you've been waiting for for Odell Beckham. This is the week you've been waiting for for Nick Chubb and the touchdown regression. Even Kareem Hunt as a what-the-heck-flex type of play here. Um, Jarvis Landry is playing well. Baker Mayfield. And this should be a game where most everything works against the Miami defense with their AAF. You know, they had one more good player left they hadn't put on IR yet, so Rashad Jones had to go on IR this week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's bad. What a season. What a season. It's not like they're going to miss Miles Garrett or anything. All right. Uh, we actually got, a, uh, at least compared to the rest of this slate, a... a a wonderful game, but but in reality, a, a solid game. The Carolina Panthers heading yeah. to take on the New Orleans Saints, coming off a surprising, shocking loss at home to yeah. uh, Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Bounce back. What do you think about this one? Well, Kyle Allen is. I mean, it's like get out the defibrillator or or somebody do CPR on him right now. I mean, this he was he fell apart. I mean, he turned. You know, you read those scouting reports during draft time, like positive and negatives. It was just all negatives for him against Atlanta and in the Superdome. We'll see if Marshawn Lattimore plays. Even if he doesn't, the Saints defense really came alive against Jameis Winston last week. So you're still going to play DJ Moore because of his volume. Uh, but otherwise, you know, and Greg Olson's a fine tight end play. But, of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the engine of the offense. You're lowering expectations across the board here. You're looking at the Saints defense as one to pick up off of the waiver wire. On the Saints side, you know, Carolina um, – I mean, we saw a lot of things work in the downfield passing game. Of course, Michael Thomas, speaking of, uh, I don't know why I was Syracuse on the mind. Because oh, we were talking about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison and his single season. Re- uh, for, for any, that was before the pod. You people yes. wouldn't hear the Carmelo Anthony discussion, right. but we were talking about Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but, I but, didn't want people to be confused and be like, wait, did I miss the Carmelo Anthony discussion? It's cool, too. I've been to Puerto Rico, and down there, there's a bunch of Carmelo Anthony basketball courts that he like built if you go around nice. Puerto Rico. Anyway. I just like to add a little little trivia. The more you know, um, so you know uh, Michael Thomas is unstoppable. I think that Alvin Kamara is getting his engine up to the RPMs we're used to now. Latavius Murray could get a touchdown here in this one. He still looks good. So uh, we're back on track, right? The Saints defense, Saints offense after that aberration against Atlanta. Now Carolina has their own aberration to see if they can answer the bell in a road game. Yeah, Michael Thomas, I think, potentially the most consistent, reliable player in fantasy right now. He is just money in the bank every week, especially in PPR leagues. Unbelievable. All right, Sigmund, next. Uh, how about this? The the New York Jets, uh, a little frisky. Yeah. You know, won, won a couple, but hosting the potentially playoff-bound yes. Oakland yes. Raiders. Yes. got to love what it. How can you not root? I mean, we see the little twinkle in John Gruden's eye. How can you oh, not I be rooting it. for this team to I'm make the playoffs? I'm so in. I, obviously, I'm, I'm rooting for the Eagles, but I am all in on the Raiders. It's fun. And look, if the Raiders go on the road in the first week of the playoffs to, say, face Indianapolis or Houston, 
I'll give them a chance. I'll give them a puncher's chance. They got to win this one, though. Just like Buffalo, they're in a position where if they can just win the layup games, they'll go to the playoffs. You like Derek Carr in this one. Josh Jacobs faces a tough run defense. Okay, the just run defense is stiff, uh, but there's a lot there in the passing game. So you know, you break ties in favor of Tyra Williams. Break ties in favor of Hunter Renfro. Make sure you trust Darren Waller in this one. Uh, the Raiders' offense should look pretty good. The Jets. We'll see. You know, Raiders defense has been bad, but Max Crosby, uh, they've been having some opportunistic play in the secondary. So they could rattle Sam Darnold here. You still like Jamison Crowder. You still know that Le'Veon Bell is going to get his 20, 25 touches, maybe a touchdown in this one. And the Jets, they're playing their way out of draft position, right? Like if the dress in Major League, it's the pe- they're putting the pieces of the they're dress back the pe- on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like the Dolphins. It's yeah. crazy. Um, all right, Sigmund, let's just uh, let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Seattle coming yeah, here yeah, to Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, I know that offense is good. What do you think about this well, game? Well, look, okay. I mean, there's no reason for Philadelphia to hang their heads after how the Raiders, uh, the Patriots game went. Okay. I mean, there's, a, there's a few plays that could have went their way uh, and maybe changed the outcome. The defense should feel very good. And this is. In some ways, this is just the unescapable uh, plot of, of the Eagles under Jug Peterson. Is it, you get into playoff mode, you get that adrenaline, that mortality adrenaline going in the regular season, right? And now we're, we're basically already there. The good news is because we'll talk about Dallas and New England. I mean, you can level things up, and Philadelphia should still feel like they control their destiny and. You know, that's been a good recipe for them. Even if they're right on the edge, you know, if they take one step back, they're going to tumble over the cliff. It's been a good recipe for them. Okay, uh, Seattle has a little more breathing room here after they got that win against San Francisco. But this is a, another quasi playoff game. On the Philly side, you got to like Carson Wentz. You got to like his ability. Uh, and I think Alshon Jeffrey's going to be back. What would you say? Like sixty forty is going to be back. Seventy thirty. Oh man, fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty, even though he got out. Yeah. So, but I, was, I mean, he was limited in practice yeah. today, at Wednesday. So I don't know. Um, Doug hasn't sounded super optimistic about it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I honestly, okay. I, I honestly would have, if I had to put a number, I would have said forty-six. He doesn't okay. play, but we'll see. I'm just trying to be optimistic. I'm playing to the home crowd. Thanks, buddy. We need but some look, optimism here. But look, Seattle's pass defense is not good. So maybe it's Nelson Aguilar then. I mean, and I, I, somebody I think can have a good game among the wide receivers. Um, you've got Goddard and Ertz. Uh, we'll see about Jordan Howard. I think this is kind of like a holding pattern. I don't. I honestly think the team and Howard himself doesn't know yet if he's going to be able to play. But if it's a Miles Sanders game without Howard, I think that this could be an exciting game for him. Look, I expect this to be a game that opens up. I expect this to be a game of quarterback individual plays. And uh, you know, because on the other side, you got Russell Wilson. And it's going to be the classic Seattle script where they keep running the ball until they have to pass. And that's whenever Russell Wilson uncorks some good ones. It looks like Tyler Lockett's going to play. I would still stick with DK Metcalf. Um, I'd stick with Jacob Hollister. You know, I, I think even though the Philly pass defense has been firming up, it is Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson on the road, though, too. So this is a fascinating game uh, because I think there's a wide range of how this game could go. And I think that I don't need to say to Philadelphia, the Eagles or the fans or whatever, that, hey, you just on to the next one and reset because this team is used to that. And then sometimes it brings out their best football. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope uh, I hope it does this time soon. All right. Last of the one o'clock games, I'm guessing this one will not take us much time. The Lions facing 
Washington, yeah. not a great one, Sig. If you need a waiver wire quarterback, Jeff Driscoll could be your guy. Frisky. I like to call him Frisco. Frisco. That's my new thing. I like that. Jeff Frisco. He's yeah. a frisky. He is. Well, he's going to make some plays uh, outside of structure and improvising. Uh, he's got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Against Washington, you're more inclined to play them. Um, and Bo Scarborough. If you squint, you look just right. He looks like Derrick Henry. You know, <laughs> it's the Alabama backs. Uh, he's going to get 15 or 20 carries in this one. If you need to get someone off the waiver wire to plug in as a running back, or at least to see what happens, because he's better than Ty Johnson, Paul Perkins. We don't see him anymore. Uh, so you're going to see Scarborough get a lot of work in this one because Detroit should be able to to control this one. Uh, you got Dwayne Haskins on the other side. Terry McLaurin's going to lock up with Darius Slay. I love watching him play, but I, I just don't know about him against Darius Slay, uh, Geis, and Peterson. You know, just Washington. We're moving right along. Yes, moving along uh, to the four o'clock games, and screw you, NFL, for only yeah. giving us two for It's clearly like we just want everyone to watch Dallas New England. Yeah. Like, All right, fine, but like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. Let's start with the four four o five of the two Jacksonville. Heading in to take on the Titans. Not a ton of fancy goodness in this one, but certainly some interesting names. What do you think? Yeah, I'm sorry. Da- Dallas, New England or the... Uh, no, 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 no. Jacksonville, Tennessee, brain, and then, I, I then Dallas, want, New I just want to talk about Dallas, New England. Yeah, well, you're about to. I know. So you know, I, to I, bree- breeze through this one. Here's Tennessee, Jacksonville. Derrick Henry, how much can you... like? How many carries can you get him to? 30? 35? I mean, Jacksonville's run defense looked so poor against Indy last week. Why would you not just run downhill with him? Uh, I don't know who else we might even want to play from the Tennessee passing game. You know, watch and see if Delaney Walker's going to be back. Watch and see if Corey Davis is going to be back. He might be locked up with A.J. Boye. It's a Derrick Henry game. Even Ryan Tannehill is a less attractive streamer this week, even though he was playing well, picking up some decent fantasy numbers, because this is all Derrick Henry. Do you remember the game against Jacksonville last year? Was it four touchdowns? Four touchdowns. Yeah, so th- this is but about this time this is Derrick Henry season, right? We need a Christmas Carol that is like to the tune of some Christmas Carol that's about Derrick Henry because this is his time of year. Get the jingle bells going. <laughs> On the Jacksonville side, Nick Foles, and I know bringing back the stories of Philly back against the wall, you know, punch their way out of the corner, and that's Nick Foles. And then, then this is basically, if the Jags lose this one, the season's basically over if it isn't already. So you know, they should have some urgency here after they were really flat and did not look good on either side of the ball against Indianapolis. DJ Chark has a hamstring limited. I think it was going into the practice, so I'm not as worried about it. You're playing him, but then is there someone else? Is it Chris Connolly? Is it Keelan Cole? Is it D.D. Westbrook? Tennessee's past defense, or at least their cornerbacks, are vulnerable. Maybe see some more Leonard Fournette. Maybe this one comes down to that, right? It's just Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry. You know, cue Chris Berman going, you know, just run, 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 and see who gets worn down. A classic AFC South football. Yeah, I said the exotic Smash Mouth segment. All right, uh, do it. Well, Dallas New England. I think this is such a fascinating game. Hopefully, to see, and I'm sorry to even say anything positive or hope for anything positive about Dallas, but this could be that uh, creative friction for Dallas that forces, because just like Dan Quinn, Jason Garrett, take a step back, man. Just be a figurehead. Let Kellen Moore craft some plays to cross up instead of new England, keeping the quarterback on their heels, put the new England defense on their heels. Cause you have these pieces. Um, Pepper Johnson, if you read the Pepper Johnson deadspin interview, we've talked about this before, right? Rest in yeah, peace. Deadspin, about it. Where yeah. you know, Pepper Johnson comes right out and says that Belichick hates defending two good running backs on the field at the same time. He hates it. Uh, and this is a team, especially the way Tony Pollard looked last week, you know, Philly couldn't do it cause Howard wasn't healthy. But this is a team that can really 
cross up some of those coverage uh, schemes uh, with these running backs. You also have Blake Jarwin's interesting. Of course, you have R- R- Randall Cobb. You have Michael Gallup. If Stephon Gilmore just cancels out Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott's playing so well, he's going. He's he's not just taking what the defense is giving him because he's making big plays out of that. So I'm excited to see what Gallup and Cobb and Jarwin and these running backs can do in some of these matchups. Because I think that what New England's going to do, and here's the flip side of this. It's all like Rorschach inkblot stuff, James. Because what New England's likely to do is induce Dallas to run, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just play with a light box and let Zeke get them to like third and two, third and three. And then you get and you just tighten up for those stops. Because I think the more dangerous part of this offense is not Ezekiel Elliott. It's Dak Prescott. And what Dak Prescott can do is playing at an extremely high level right now. So again, I like watching these New England games because they really put front and center the chess game of the coaches. And, well, is Jason Garrett playing checkers, et cetera, et cetera. On the New England side, New England's offense isn't very good. I mean, y'all know that. Yeah, no, for sure. They can't get the running game going. Um, they don't really have anything that's clicking on the passing game side. You know, that's what we're looking for. Like, is it Nikhil Harry? Uh, Dorsett has a, a concussion, so we're going to watch that. I mean, Edelman's still a reliable play. Mohamed Sanu is too up and down to trust. Um, you know, is it more of a James White game? I don't think it's much of a Sony Michelle game. This is not a good thing. The defense is dragging the offense right now to a division championship and the playoffs. So Dallas, not a great showing against Frisky Driscoll last week, <laughs> but um, you know they have obviously a pass rush. Uh, I think they make it Isaiah Winback, the Patriots' offensive line. But this is just a really fascinating game, mainly to see how these coaches engage each other. In the case of Dallas, sadly, like whether the Dallas offense really engages them, because the first game like it this year was Dallas and New Orleans, and it looked like Scott Linehan was you know pull back the mask. It was really me all along. <laughs> that would be that would be quite the reveal. Yeah, I would have got away with those for you kids. Yeah, Scott Lennon. I wonder what that guy's up to. All right, Sigmund. Uh, moving on, Not, uh, a couple good night games. Let's start with the Sunday Nighter. Uh, speak about interesting yeah. games. This is a big, big NFC matchup. The Green Bay Packers heading into San Francisco to take on the Niners. Aaron Rodgers, the team that passed on him. What do you think? Yeah, and you know. Um, was it Terrell Owens with the overtime touchdown? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Think of this matchup. You think of T.O., baby. Um, really fun game. Um, Aaron Rodgers, two weeks to prepare against this defense that Kyler Murray showed some holes. Kyler Murray in Arizona showed, hey, this isn't an impenetrable defense. Uh, of course, Devontae Adams. And then if there's going to be somebody else, I think it's Alan Lazard, especially if San Francisco overcommits resources to take Adams away. Of course, you're going to have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I think Williams still remains interesting as a, a flex play or emergency running back too, with his involvement around the goal line, his involvement in the passing game. But it's an Aaron Rodgers game. Some plays where you're going to ask Aaron Rodgers to pull a rabbit out of a hat. On the San Francisco side, everyone's hurt, right? Joe Staley's hurt. George Kittle's hurt. Manuel Sanders is hurt. Debo Samuel is hurt. Matt Breida hurt. I, we're not going to probably know until partway through the late games who's going to be suiting up for this offense. We know Garoppolo is going to be there, and we know that Green Bay's pass defense has been very vulnerable. But again, to who? I mean, you play Ross Dwelly. I'm not going to put in Kendrick Bourne. I mean, if one of Samuel or Sanders practices in full before we get there, but Kyle Shanahan already said that these ones are going to all go down to game time. So, you know, this could be a game uh, where, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo 
isn't one to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Jimmy Garoppolo is one to harvest the schematic and play call advantages that Kyle Shanahan can cook up. But if it's too, you know, uh, Richie, you, you saw it last week. And you got it. Hats off to Kyle Shanahan. Because on one hand, we say Dan Quinn, oh, you know, step out of the way with Kyle Shanahan. He came up with that screen. It was a blind pass, basically the cover zero blitz to uh, Jeff Wilson, basically the game winning touchdown. And also the screen to Richie James. These were plays during the week that he dialed up and he told the players like, I'm going to call on you for this play in this game and you can be ready. So that's what he's going to have to do. I mean, this is another one where we talk about coaches a lot, James, where it's really like, what can Kyle Shanahan do to transcend and overcome the problems with injuries that his offense is having? Yeah, I, I've been just incredibly impressed with Kyle Shanahan. I think he's, in my opinion, already clearly one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's fantastic. And not just right. schematically, really quickly, if you allow me to interject. Sure, things. sure, it's absolutely. Not, it's really not just um, from a schematic X's and O's or clever point of view. I think you can see that it, he was, and this is a, a vote for continuity. Because they allowed him to and, and John Lynch to continue to institute their program, you can really tell the players have bought in. You can really tell that he's a leader, that he that he has the players' attention. And I ha- I can't help but think too of Richard Sherman as kind of the spirit animal or totem of this team. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a fun team to watch, and it sets up that NFC bracket that's really wide open. All right, Sigmund, yeah. uh, moving to the Monday Nighter. One more before we go inside your mind. Another fun one. Certainly yeah. a lot of fantasy-relevant action in this one. The Ravens yep. heading into L.A. to take on the Rams. What do you think, Sigmund? Oh, everyone gets to see Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Oh, it's great. He's right? so unbelievable. Un- oh. like, unreal. Just a like, different, you know, you a different like, thing. You like wings. You like pizza or whatever. Like, get yourself a, a cheesesteak. Get yourself ordering your favorite food and just get comfortable and it, it, get a chance to enjoy what Lamar Jackson's doing right now because sometimes this is like Haley's Comet shooting star stuff it might not last forever um, the Rams and it's fun it's be fun to watch Aaron Donald Clay Matthews etc but even Wade Phillips I think if you if Lamar Jackson had Bill Belichick coaching scared then Wade Phillips is probably thinking more like how do we not let Lamar Jackson shred us how do we be ready to counterpunch what he does instead of making him uncomfortable. Although I'll say again, the Steelers were the one team that made him look not so good this year. True. Anyway, you know, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, I think let's say Hollywood Browns is not healthy. Not really trusting him. Mark Ingram looking good in the passing game last week. You're going to keep him in there. Rams, you know, just every team that faces the Ravens on the job has to kind of learn and try to figure out what to do with this offense on the Rams side. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Their offensive line is deteriorating. They're facing a, Ra- a Ravens defense that maybe doesn't have the names and the pass rush up front, but their secondary is probably the best in the league. You know, when Brandon Carr's your fourth corner, how are you going to contend with that? Now, will Robert Woods play? I don't know. Cooper Cup is being taken away. Uh, Brandon Cook should be back. We'll see about Gerald Everett. But I just think we've seen with Jared Goff that if Sean McVay doesn't give him that schematic play calling advantage where he's just running the plays and the plays are going to work. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have like a second move. You know, I think the Ravens are going to keep him very off balance in this one. And this is a game where I think you're going to expect a lot of people coming out of it saying the Ravens are the Super Bowl favorite. And I would agree. 
Yeah, um, uh, they they feel like a different class of team than most of the teams I watch. They're taking on Lamar Jackson's personality. Yeah, it's it. awesome. It's, and the it, offense was built. What, oh, what a crazy thought! Yeah. Built your offense Amazing. around your franchise quarterback. What a what a novel concept that is. The, the I'm ox, with you. Toxic relationship. Yeah, right. I love John Arbaugh. I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a great coach. And special he's proven, coach. A special yeah, team coach. Just reinvent. Reinvent. Yeah, he's reinvented himself. Reinvented what he does. It's really impressive. All right. It is that time. Let us go inside the mind, the soul of Sigmund Bloom. I realize that when we do this a lot, we lo- I love to have fun with pop culture, but yeah. we don't talk movies a okay. lot. So we're going to do a quick, uh, quick four-pack okay. of movie yeah. questions. I think the only thing I know about you movie-wise is that you like Blues Brothers. I feel like that's it. That was my so, first favorite movie. I, used to I know. Up, my I, mom, I, yeah. bless her soul again, I'll say rest in peace. She would, I could do whatever I wanted. When I was, the only rule is no lying. I would stay up. We had HBO, and I was like five years old, stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch Caddyshack and the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I you know, that that's uh, that's all I know. So, let's dive in. Uh, first question, and let's take Blues Brothers off the board if yeah, that is the sure. answer. Hardest you've ever laughed at a movie? Oh, man. it's. I mean, this is going to sound like a cliche, but it's a, sometimes things become cliches. Because, oh, I'm a big cliches or cliches for a reason, well, guys. Yeah. So big that there is a reason that those things are cliches. It's not always true, but a lot of times it is. Yeah. Um. So look, I'm going to say, I mean, the immediate answer that comes into my head is Big Lebowski. Okay. Yeah. And I don't need to riff, and I don't need to riff to you or riff to this audience. Or if it's a Big Lebowski for you, you already know. I would love to go off on a tangent about all the code in that movie, by the way. There's a lot of code in there. Like the only time that uh, Steve Buscemi doesn't get a strike, the only time that the line doesn't get a strike is, well, there's like foreboding things coming and so on. Huh. Anyway, um, a movie that made me laugh really hard that I'll, I'll give people two movies. We're going to go deep here. Okay. Love it. Yeah. So this is about. We're going to go deep. Um, number one, plan 10 from outer space, not plan nine. Plan nine, right, I think is, is Ed Ed, Wood. plan 10 from outer space. It is a Nancy drew Mormon mystery. <laughs> and it was, and it, and it played to huge crowds in Salt Lake city and they loved it. And, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Look that one up. Okay, cool. And Reuben and Ed, um, which Ruben I think is also, uh, it's also, I believe, Trent Harris. Um, yes. Um, nice. How, deep, Howard, deep cuts. Howard Hessman. You know Howard Hessman, right? From Sounds familiar. KRP in Cincinnati. Oh, of course. Sure, yeah, of course. And, and I know you know Crispin Glover. Of course I know Crispin Glover. Yeah. hands off her, Biff. Yeah, of course. So do you remember when Crispin Glover was on Letterman that one time? with the? Yeah, it's like the most classic. Like, that Letterman he was in character from Ruben and Ed. Get out of here, really? Yeah. Or basically, oh, that's fascinating. So this, so so, Reuben and Ed is a story about basically um, one Howard Hessman, his life's a mess. His, you know, he's a loser, and he's trying to like make money through these like real estate seminars where you have to like, get someone to come to the real estate seminar with you, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, Crispin Glover lives in the motel, like the motor lodge that his mom runs, and just lives in one of the rooms, and he has his cat that he's been keeping in the freezer after it died because he has to find the perfect place to bear. Oh my God. And they basically strike a deal that's like, okay, I'll go to your real estate seminar if you help me find a place to bury my cat. <laughs> and that's all you need. And if that sounds like something that you might like, check out Ruben and Ed. Yeah, that, I think that uh, I'm in. All right, uh, let's flip it around the other way. What's the hardest you have ever cried? Oh, man. In movie? <sighs> I think that the most genuine sadness and it's always about us right like anytime we grieve a death we're grieving our own death we're grieving all death you know 
Um, or maybe it's more like Mark Twain. Like we, we, we we're sad, we're sad cause we're not the one who got to pass on anyway. Mm-hmm. And Wes Anderson and we could see, so you really want this is where we're going to turn into like movie film criticism, right? Love it. Cause I'm afraid that Wes Anderson is a bit overrated at this point. You know, when, Ooh, when Wes Anderson, I take when Wes Anderson was new. Well, now also Wes Anderson only knows how to make a Wes Anderson movie. I think that's a great take. He's, he needs to make other people's material. Like when he does fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, I liked that better than Isle of Dogs. Anyway, um, but I'm going to talk about Zisu. I'm going to talk about Life Aquatic. And some sure. of it's Bill Murray. And it's about harnessing all these things. Really, the big problem with Wes Anderson is you can see, I'll try to say this delicately, James. You can yeah. see the limits of his life experience. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. That fair? I think it's a, we, a great we, way to put it. We could it. go off a whole riff of like the non-white, non-male characters in Wes Anderson movies. Are sure. Absolutely. Problematic. Uh, anyway. <laughs> problematic. You know, Bill Murray has that world-weary world sense about him, right? Like the sadness of the world is in his soul. And, and I think that Zisu, and another reason we talk about parenting before we go on, and like I thought it was so clever to say, I hate fathers and I never wanted to be one. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I should get that. If I, I don't have a tattoo... You know, because because yeah. we don't we don't get tattoos. But if I did, maybe I should get that tattooed somewhere on yeah, me. Yeah, right. Um, but in that film, uh, when the helicopter crashes, you know, when um, Bill Murray, like I think the movie is an incredible uh, meditation on depression. And I'm a person, unfortunately, that I'm I'm kind of you know ups and downs. I know depression well. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Right. Uh, in that film, I feel like when that helicopter crashes you know it's like bill murray was zisu was at a point in his life where he's drifting you know the things that gave him oomph and get up and go like he's just not sure about them and then this thing comes into his life that he may be a father that he didn't even know about and at first it's it's too much and then he embraces it i think probably it's the eagerness of uh of owen wilson's character and then you know, to, he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to bring you into my world, you know? And it just, it's like the ultimate sadness or, um, it's the, it's the bargain we all accept that we don't realize, right? Like when you open yourself up to experience love and joy and, and togetherness and connection, you open yourself up to feel lost or even where it hits more closer to home to me is like taking responsibility, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, to me, it was, a, it was just a crushing moment, but it's a beautiful film. It's a film that I feel like we could do a whole half hour or hour on it because I've, I've analyzed in my head like every part of it and, and the symbolism of the jaguar shark and everything like that. But when that helicopter crashes, it's probably about the saddest I've been watching any film. Wow, that is a it's a great answer. I love Life Aquatic. It's actually my favorite Wes Anderson. You know movie, what I'm so. talking about, though, like because you're a parent Absolutely. now, and you know that you've opened yourself up for like potentially like, something that you may regret for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. No, I think about it all the time. It's it's really terrifying, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I, I and I go. haven't I haven't watched the movie since I become a parent. And now I feel like I should. Um, all right, uh, two more for you uh, segment in the movie category. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, have you ever walked out on a movie? And if not, oh. what is the worst movie you've ever stayed the full okay. door for? So I'm going to really out myself here. Okay. Ooh, love it. And I'm going to probably like make enemies among. <laughs> I tried. Okay. There was, there's one comic book movie character movie that I liked. I, uh, the original Jack Nicholson Batman. I went to see it with my dad when I was like in high school. Okay. 
and then at the beginning of the as a comic book movie started to get going um one of my friends was just like you've got to check it's good they're good like come on I'm like ah, really all right and i went to see iron man mm-hmm. and i walked out on iron man oh no sigmund tell me it's not so they're just to me the stories are just so linear you know Mm-hmm. They're just it's they're, Alan Moore. Did you see Alan Moore? The comments they re, uh, dug up from like three years ago. His, I I didn't see them. I heard about him. I saw Scorsese's comments. Alan Moore's com Alan Moore's comments are in, really interesting because you know he says the original American superhero movies, Birth of a Nation, oh, with wow. with capes and masks. <laughs> hey now, yeah, ooh, that's they, a hell of a take right there, Mister Al, Moore. Alan Moore always has incredible takes. <laughs> so, an incredible I mean, take. I have to answer. I feel like I have to answer honestly. So, no, yeah. I'm happy you did. So that you're out on superhero movies. That is a uh, wow. It's a, it's a good. Well, look, I I, uh, I get it. I get it. I like them. I think some of them are really well made. But I know exactly what you're saying. All right, last one, and I think this is a really fun one. You know, I'm a big fan of this type of question. Um, I love the if aliens came down. So. Uh, maybe it's just me talking about yeah. how much I would love to you know, actually see aliens. Uh, if aliens came to Earth yeah. and you're able to only show them one movie, one movie, and you can interpret whatever reason you want to show them that movie, to tell them what movies are, to show them about humanity, whatever it is, what's the one movie you're showing those aliens? Yeah, I need to think about this. I need to like come up with a way to stall to like really, because I have a lot of different movies that are coming. Sure, sure. I will look. I, I, it's a tough question. It's one that there's a lot of gravitas to the answer. The question of of what you know. I mean, obviously, yeah. Uh, that's why I love the aliens question because it puts it in a particular yeah. context. Well, that I think is fun. And it's like, what do you want them to know about us, right? Yes, like, exactly. Like, what do you yeah. want them to know about us? And what do you want to say about humanity? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, there's always, again, there's Lebowski. It's one, I mean, because in Lebowski, the point is, there's no point, <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> fuck it, dude, let's go bowling, you know? I mean, right. that's it. Um, and maybe we'll just be about bowling. You know what, I, you know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it in part because I heard that they're rebooting this in a really fun way. And I'm going to say it because I think it's a profound film in a lot of ways that um, some people – and they need to get Rob Gronkowski in the remake, I just realized. Because <laughs> you see him dancing with the Laker girls, you know? Uh-huh. I'm going to say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Whoa! Not expecting that answer at all. It's a really tremendous film, right? I haven't seen it in years, years and years and years. It'll scrape off some of the cynicism. And I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Uh, the, the, you, this answer alone has already said I'm watching Bill and Ted's again. Because, I mean, you're going to introduce aliens to a lot of our history and historical figures, right? You're going to show them like mo- more modern times. But in, in some ways, even though Bill and Ted's seems like junk food, um, there's like a lighthearted, like unburdening, you know, like Sigmund. And it's, I love the way they write out, like what kinds of things would Napoleon or or Sigmund Freud or these other characters, like what kinds of binds would they get Billy the kid, get themselves into if they were in modern times in a really lighthearted way. And in the end, they're just like, it it almost reminds us like, Hey, have a sense of wonder, you know, even these incredible historical figures, if they could see the world we live in, would just have a sense of wonder of everything that we created and enjoy yourself while you're here. They know that. Well, I mean, again, I'm just talking to myself, James. So there's a, there's a lot of real serious ways I could have gone with this. There's a lot of other things. But, you know, we, wanna, we want the aliens to think like 
we're we're fun, you know. Why don't you do the same for us and show us your planet and what goes on there and what you guys? I love that answer. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love it. That's why I love this segment. So, uh, as always, until uh, until maybe not next week, but the week after. Until yeah. We Happy talk Thanksgiving. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Awesome, awesome stuff as always from Sigmund. So thank you, Sigmund. That was awesome. Uh, hopefully, we will have a chance to do it over Thanksgiving weekend. If not, definitely back for the stretch run of the fantasy season. Either way, good luck this week in your Week Twelve matchups. And until next time, thank you for listening to this week in fantasy.